Welcome, congratulations, you made it today after all the fireworks, yes. So I'm Jonah, I'm the youth pastor here like Pastor Tom just said. I'm from South Carolina and this might shock you, but Michigan has so many crazy fireworks and crazy people that 4th of July here is way more extravagant than it is down south. I don't know what it is, I don't know why it's like that, but it's way more crazy. And I know yesterday, late, late at nights on Saturday, I usually try to get to, get to bed a little earlier because I usually get here early on Sundays to help set up. So all this, as you see, gets set up. And so we have a setup crew that comes here, and I'm usually part of that. And so last night, I get in bed around 10, which I'm already like, oh, I wish I could have got to bed a little earlier. I have a long day tomorrow. And as soon as I got to bed, I was thinking all the life-changing thoughts. Like I was thinking one thought like, okay, should I listen to music tonight or just go to bed? You know, I was just thinking thoughts like that. And all of a sudden, I hit my head to the pillow. And I, I'm sure I was doing some spiritual like praying or something. And, and I hit my head to the pillow. And all of a sudden, I hear Pop, 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 pop. And I'm just thinking, like, July 4th, they just got all the fireworks out in this neighborhood. It, it was like a war going on outside. I was calling my family down south, taking videos, sending it to them. I was like, guys, look, it's crazy up here. But last night, they still had fireworks left over. So you made it through July 4th, July 5th, July 6th, and it's July 7th. So welcome. Give yourself a hand. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for coming today. If this is your first time here, I am so excited for what the Lord wants to do in this moment. I don't know what you have on your heart. I don't know what you have on your mind. I don't know what you came in here dragging with you. But whatever it is, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you are safe to be able to bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want to do with me today? So I am excited for you if this is your first time guest. We haven't talked about it yet today, but you should have got a program when you came in. In the program, if this is your first time, there's a little connection card in there. And the connection card, all it is is information that you can give us so that we can be able to know you better, to be able to pray for you, not to come up at your door and send you random stuff. But we want to love up on you and we want to know more about you. And also on the back of that, that first time guest card, that, the uh, connection card, there's also a space where you can write what your next step is. And so today, as you can see behind me, there's a word, and this word isn't really said much up north. Down south, this word is overused, and it's every church talks about revival, 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 and up north, you don't really see it a lot, but I know without a shout of doubt, the Lord will use today and do something within all of us, whether you're a first-time guest, whether you're a regular person here, or even if you're watching on Facebook Live right now, for instance, our pastor, Pastor Scott isn't here today. He's up north with his family, celebrating some time just to get away and be able to spend time with them. And so his mom and his dad actually came down early to come back. I didn't know that they were going to be here. So Linda and Dennis are back, but Scott is still up north. So I would love to um, get into this passage and then pray for what the Lord wants to do in this moment as we get into today's message. So if you have your Bibles, you go ahead and turn with me. If not, we have it on the screen. I don't know, I'm old school. I like having it right there. But 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3. And so we're, we're going to be in 3, but right now I want to read verse 16 to verse 18. So if you want to follow with me as we unpack what does it mean to have revival and where is the Lord in that. Verse 16. 2 Corinthians 3, 16. This is what Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. This is what he says. But whenever someone turns to the Lord... 
the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Let me pray for you and, and pray for myself as well for the Lord to use this moment. Lord God, just thank you for who you are and what you're doing. Lord, you know us inside and out. Lord, you know what is, what is dead inside of us, the, the parts of our heart, of our life, that is just dark. You know the places in our life where, where it can seem like there once was something there, but there's nothing there anymore. Lord, you know the baggage that we brought into the door today. You know the fears, the anxieties, the worries, the doubts, the confusions. You, you, you know what is going on in our hearts, but Lord, in this moment, in this moment, Lord, we just want you to use us. God, please use us. Please use me. Lord, help us see what freedom and revival looks like. God, help us have an encounter with you today that doesn't just stay in this building, but it goes outside with us. No matter what we got going on outside in our life, in this moment, Lord, you can have us, and we are yours. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. July, to be very honest with you, July is a huge month to me. Not only is it Independence Day, we just talked about that a little bit, but July was the month that I felt the Lord call me into ministry eight years ago. So eight years ago in July, I just was a brand new follower of Christ. I was a brand new believer. I had a moment the month before in June where I said, Jesus, take my life. I am done. I am done living this life as if it revolves around me. And so the month of July, eight years ago, was the moment that I felt the Lord say, Jonah, I want you to go to the broken, to speak truth, to go and to be and to, to do what I want you to do. And I knew he was calling me into ministry. And a lot of you, I know from experience, when the Lord puts something on your heart that is kind of outside your comfort zone, I ran from it. I was terrified. I don't know about you. Maybe you're better than me in that way. Maybe, maybe when the Lord tells you to do something and it's outside your comfort zone, you're like, yes, I will do it, and I will do it gratefully. For me, it wasn't like that. For me, I felt the Lord call me into ministry in July, and I was terrified, terrified. I felt like that little kid, that little kid that, that I just knew somebody for like a month, and now they were asking me to go wherever and to do all this crazy stuff with them. And I didn't know what that would detail I didn't know what that would look like, but I was terrified. And I remember in July just telling the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to run from you, but I don't know if this is of you or if it's something I ate. I need to know. I need to know if this is of you. Long story short, fast forward to the end of the year, and I'm getting at something with here. I, I promise I'll, I'll bring it to, to revival. But there was a moment that I had where I went to my pastor down in a little country church in South Carolina, Pastor Stewart, and I said, Pastor I know the Lord's calling me into ministry. And I remember he just looking at me, and he just said, duh. I didn't know why he had that reaction, but he said, Jonah, for this whole year, we've seen you, and you've been doing ministry whether you knew it or not. You've been preaching to the youth group. You've been even preaching on Sundays and, and, and speaking to the church, the congregation. I know, Jonah, I know. So he said, Jonah, we'll do this. How about the next Sunday? You'll get before the church, and down south you do this. Um, up north, not so much. But down south, whenever somebody makes a decision, they always come down to the front. Have you ever seen that before? Have you ever seen that? Down south, it happens every Sunday. So you have 
Billy Joe, he comes down, he says, I've made the decision to get baptized. And everybody claps, and, and they come down, and they shake hands with him. So that's kind of what happened to me. I went down to the front, they prayed for me, and Pastor Stewart said, okay, guys, Jonah made this decision. Before you go today, why don't you come by Jonah and just shake his hand and let him know how you're proud of him and, and pray for him and all that stuff. And so I was standing there, and there's people coming, and it was an awesome, it was a beautiful moment. My family was there. It was really awesome. I'll never forget it. But what stands out out of all of that, I remember there's this older gentleman who came up to me, and he's shaking my hand. I remember feeling kind of awkward in that moment. Have, I, have you ever had somebody shaking your hand, and, and they're just kind of looking at you, and they're not really saying anything, and you don't know if they're, like, you know, checking you out, or, or you, you don't know what's going on. So this guy was just shaking my hand. And he wasn't really saying anything. So me, when I, get, when I feel awkward, I, I start telling jokes. I start telling jokes. It wasn't really working with him. <laughs> but I was trying. And finally he says, oh, you're a follower of Jesus, eh? I don't know why he's Canadian all of a sudden. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. They don't speak like that down south, I promise. <laughs> but he said, he said, oh, you're a follower of Jesus. And I was like, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. He's like, oh, the ministry. Whoa. I said, that's a big deal. I said, yeah, yeah, it is, man, it is. Like, but I, I, I can't run from it any longer. And he was just shaking my hand. And I want to put you in this moment. He's shaking my hand. And he said, oh, well, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. Now, it's, it's kind of comical now in a way, especially, especially since I made him a Canadian randomly. But in the moment, guys, I'll be very real with you. In the moment, I was terrified. 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 And I remember going home, and I, I had all these questions for the Lord, and I, I, I was driving it. I was driving home, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I was saying, Lord, Lord, you are the most real thing in my life. You are the most real thing in my life. I have never experienced joy and peace and security as I have in you. But Lord, is, is, is a relationship with you like a relationship with somebody else? Where there's that honeymoon stage, and then the passion disappears. And I was asking these questions, and, and I can't help but think that I know there's people in this room right now that have had those thoughts. Maybe there was a time in your walk with Jesus. Maybe there was a time in your walk with Jesus where you, you, you were on cloud nine. You had a passion. You had a zeal. Maybe, I'm a youth pastor, so I know one of the times I see this with the students is at camp right? How many of us in this room can remember when you went to a camp and they talked about Jesus and your eyes were open and your heart was just fluttering and you were just like, oh my goodness, Lord, you are my God. And it changed everything. And you went home, you went home and you, you, you were just so passionate about the Lord. Maybe you stayed up all night. You were already tired from camp, but you stayed up all night. You were reading the word and you fell asleep on the floor as the Bible was open. Maybe that was you. Or maybe if you're not a follower of Christ, and right now all of this is kind of new to you. Maybe for you, you've experienced that passion once before with a loved one, with a relationship. I already mentioned honeymoon, but, but there's times in our lives where, where, you know, there's nothing that can separate me and you. There's nothing. Then all of a sudden, as time goes on, it just seems like that passion, that zeal goes away. Is a relationship with the Lord something that we enjoy while it lasts? Or is there really freedom that could be found? That's what we're going to talk about today. And so revival, the big question today, what is revival? What is revival? 
Revival's this. I, I looked at it a lot of different definitions. They all were kind of saying the same thing, so I, I brought it down to this. What is revival? A revival is a reawakening of passion. Reawakening of passion. Another definition for revival could be a restoration to vigor, to life, to consciousness. Some synonyms include reintroduction, restoration, reappearance, resurrection, resuscitation, relaunch, regeneration, revitalization, rejuvenation. For instance, for an example, we as a country, we just celebrated on July 4th not only our freedom to shoot off rockets and hear them blow up and scare dogs in our neighborhood, but we just had a moment as a nation where we celebrated freedom and we celebrated the revival of, of, of what it means to have a government. In order for there to be a revival, something has to be present before in order to revival to happen. So for instance, in our country, we had the government of Great Britain. We had a monarchy. And there was a revival that happened within the people of early America when they said, no, 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 no longer are we gonna be taxed without being represented. But we, the people, can have a voice. No longer does it have to be a monarch. But now it could be us, and we can have a say in this. There was a revival in what it means to have government. And also, when it comes to revival, we also have to look at freedom. So, for instance, we just read in this passage, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16 through 18, Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we talked about revival, a renewal of passion. But what about freedom? In order for us to be free, there has to be something previously that enslaved us. Again, as an example, our country, before, before what happened in the revolution, we were enslaved by Britain. We did what Britain told us to do. We had no say in it. We were basically puppets of another country. But then there was a freedom that happened because we were enslaved to Britain. What Paul does in this passage, if you're reading with me, he, he looks at the Corinthian church, the church in Corinth. And this church is, is a lot similar to America in the way that there was a lot of things that Corinth was going through and dealing with. And the early believers had a lot of decisions to make in their day-to-day -day life. And there was a lot of confusion. How can I be a follower of Jesus and walk in freedom? When there's so much stuff that, that tells me, no, 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 this is what freedom looks like. And so Paul, he, he takes them back to ancient Israel in the Old Testament. And he walks them through and he, and, he, and he tells them, look, okay, just like we can understand what freedom looks like as America, because we can understand freedom from Great Britain. He goes back and he says, look, okay, Moses led the Israelites from Egypt. Many of us, we, we know that story. The prince of Egypt. Maybe we saw that when we were younger. Prince of Egypt. Moses. He had the audacity and the boldness to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Let my people go. And then Moses, he led the Israelites from the desert to the wilderness. And no longer were they enslaved by Pharaoh. But now they found themselves enslaved by something else. And that's what Paul starts to go into. In order for us to make sense of this freedom... He takes it back to Moses. And so I want to read with you, and I want you to read with me. We're going to back it up a little bit in order to make sense out of verse 16, 17, and 18. If we go back to verse 3, 
And I want to read this, and there's some applications that we as people, if we want to experience revival in our personal walks, in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our businesses, it starts with this. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3. This is what Paul says. Clearly, you, the Corinthian church, are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is not written with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. What Paul says right here, he says, for one, our validation between us and God doesn't come from other people, from pen and ink and, and what people say about us or what they write about us. But it doesn't come from that. And what, what does he say? He says, we, we, we have this, this, this validation from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. And then he goes on. This letter is written not with ink and pen, but with the spirit of the living God. We just sang at the very beginning. It's crazy because I, I didn't tell Tom to sing this song or anything. It just, the Lord worked it out. We just sang. What did we sing? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. And so often we don't feel free. Why is that? And Paul's going to talk about that as he goes on. He, he goes on to say this. He also says that our validation between us and God is not carved on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Think about that for a second. Paul, he's going back to how they got freed from Egypt. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they found themselves enslaved by something else that we also honestly are enslaved to. Our sin, our rebellion, our brokenness. I want to do what I want to do because I am God. That's what pride tells us in those moments. And the Israelites found themselves, even though they no longer had the enemy of Pharaoh, God parted the Red Seas, they went through, and, and God showed up in a powerful way. The Israelites found themselves enslaved by their sin. But what Paul is saying is that just like Moses, when Moses was trying to lead these people, and these people weren't listening to Moses, and they weren't listening to God, Moses went with God up to the mountain, and, and God gave Moses the law, the Ten Commandments. He also gave him many more laws, but we know it as the Ten Commandments. And what the Bible says, and as Paul breaks it down as we go down to verse 16, what he says is that Paul was so just caught face to face with the Lord that when he came down, his face shone. It was just like white. And what Paul had to do, he had to put a veil over himself in order for the people that looked at Paul's face because, God, because Moses was with the Lord. He had this veil so that the people looking at him wouldn't go blind. That's the glory of the Lord. But then he goes down and he, and he says, look, our validation doesn't even come from that law. It doesn't even come from that law anymore. It doesn't even come from those tablets. But now we have the spirit of the living God within us. Our validation no longer comes from an attempt to be obedient to the law. Have you ever thought about that? When we sing these songs of where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Think about it for a second. Think about it. When me, a 17-year-old kid, for all of my life, I lived life as if I was God. And I made my decisions. I did what I wanted to do. And I manipulated people and situations and circumstances to go the way that I wanted it to go. I was just as broken. I was just as broken. I was just as broken as the Israelites in the wilderness. And just as broken as the Corinthian church. But in the moment, in the moment when I got on my knees and I said, Jesus, I'm done living life for me. I'm no longer going to live as if my validation comes from other people or even from my own acts because I know my own acts are nothing but filthy rags to you. 
that was the moment that I received the Spirit of God. And in that, the, the Spirit of God gave me the ability to see God for who He is and no longer live life according to the law of doing what, you know, oh, I, I, I do this, I don't do this, I do this, I don't do this, I do this, I don't do this. But now the Spirit of God enables me to have the law written on my heart through Christ. He goes on, and if you're following, in verse 4, he says this, We are confident of all this because our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think that we're qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. I'm going to read that again. We are confident of all this right now. Right now. We can have confidence. Confidence that, in the spirit, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not through our own ability or our own rationale, but when we stop to think that it is our trust through God, through Christ. It is not that we think that we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not written on written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. Paul goes on to also say, not only is our validation, no longer do we have to live enslaved by other people and what they say about us. Not only other people, but not only even his law. We don't have to look at ourselves and say, okay, you know, do I, God, you know, am I doing enough good works to outdo my bad? Because the reality of it is, is that our good works will never outdo our bad. When we've broken one of the law, we broke it all. And we are enslaved to our sin. But then through Christ, Paul goes on to say, that we are not validated by even ourselves. Ourselves. Today, have you been living enslaved? Have you been living as if you are the one that will get you out of the rut that you feel like you're in? The reality of it is, is that you cannot get yourself out of the rut. We on ourselves, we have no confidence in ourselves. And in living in a, in a time where there's so much self-help and there's so much, you do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Eventually, I'm sure you'll get like me when I was 17. I finally said, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And Paul is saying that our, our, our validation comes through Christ. And he breaks down the lie. He breaks down the lie that says that we can be good apart from Christ. The reality of it is when we talk about revival, having a rejuvenation in our walks with the Lord. I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord in this room. I know some of you in, in, in a personal way, and some of you I don't. Some of them are, are new faces here today. But you know where you're at with the Lord. And what happens, what, what I want to offer you today is that revival, revival starts with a broken heart. But it doesn't stay in the broken heart. We can beat ourselves up about our sin and our brokenness and our folly and our mistakes over and over and over until we're black and blue in the face. But if there isn't any hope, then that is just going to leave us on the floor. Revival starts with a broken heart. But then he goes down. After he talks about Moses and the glory of the Lord that was on his face, and he had to have a veil to cover himself. What he says, he says, the Spirit of God that is in you, that comes through surrender, is so much more powerful than just even the glow that Moses had on his face. That when you surrender your life to Jesus, you receive the Spirit of the living God, 
And that God is faithful to you guys. He is faithful. He is faithful. He's faithful. No matter the funk that you're in, no matter the hurt that you're in, no matter the pain that maybe you have caused or maybe has been caused to you, no matter the regrets or the past that you've lived through, that you've walked through, no matter what that man who looked me in the eyes and said, enjoy it while it lasts, no matter what he was struggling with in his heart, the Lord is the Lord of revival and he's the Lord of freedom. And all it takes, all it takes is a moment where we say, Lord, revival is not just a moment. Revival wasn't happening at youth camp when you were younger or a year ago. Revival is not a moment, but it is Jesus. It is Jesus. It is Jesus, guys. I can't say anything else. Paul wouldn't say anything else. He's saying, look, if you try to live life validating yourself through your works, you're going to end up knowing that you can't. If you live life with other people trying to validate you, you're going to end up just confused and lost and hurt. But when we live life validated by Christ, by what he has done for us, that changes everything. And then we go back down to verse 16. And this is the hope that we have today. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 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 Just speaking over this room right now, there is freedom. There is freedom. No matter what you are going through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your past looks like, no matter the moments that you've had with the Lord in the past, and right now you might feel like you don't have that. In this moment, all it takes is a heart that is willing and a heart of surrender saying, Lord, I want freedom. I want you. I want you. I don't want anything else because anything else is just going to leave me in the spot that I'm in. But I want freedom. I want you. I want you. Revival's not a moment. Revival is Jesus. And guys, right now, he is here. He is here, and he loves you, and he has a plan and a purpose for you. When I was driving in that car, with that, after that man said that thing to me, it, it literally changed my life. I remember weeping as I was in the car, and I drove home. And I remember just getting in my room, closing the door, and I remember falling on my knees. I said, God, I do not want to become like that man. I don't, I don't, I don't. And Lord, I know my wicked heart, and I know that I can so easily start to doubt your word and doubt what you did in my life. But I know, Lord, I can't doubt what you've done when I look at my own words. And so what happened that day? What happened that day has continued until now. This backpack that I have, this lanky, awkward backpack, this backpack contains all of the journals that I've taken every single day since that moment. And when I look back, I see so many ups and downs. I see, I see times of highs with the Lord and lows with the Lord. I see times where I'm repenting and I'm saying, Lord, God, forgive me. I, I, I've fallen short and I know I'm, I'm going back to the old things that I died to when I surrendered my life to you. There's so many moments of that, but then there's also moments of revival. There's, there's, there's times where I said, Jesus, I see you. I see you again. I see you anew. You're here. I feel your spirit. I see you leading me. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. It could have been in the weirdest places. It could have been in my, my closet when I just made a little space for, for, to have a little prayer closet. And all of a sudden I'm reading the passage. All of a sudden it just hits me. Lord, you are real. You're here. You're here and your spirit's inside of me. You've never went anywhere. Or maybe it's been at a park. Or maybe it's been in the moments of heartbreak. In South Carolina or Michigan. Or maybe I've been on an airplane. No matter where I go, I can't escape the spirit of the Lord. And I wanted to read something that I wrote that day when that man said that thing to me 
and as we're talking about revival and rejuvenation, the reality of it is, is that there's many times when I'm feeling low in my walk with the Lord, and I'm saying, Lord, I, I just need to be renewed in the sense that you are God, and that you died for me, that you are present, and your spirit's inside of me. I go back to these journals, and every single time I walk away saying, Jesus, you are real. And I wrote this that day, and I wanted to read this to you. And as I read this, I want you to think about your life, your walk. Where are you at with your walk with the Lord? Or right now, maybe you're going through a season where you're just kind of going through the motions. There's so much stuff going on. There's so much things that, that, that heartbreaks or hurts or, or chaoses or confusions. Maybe right now you're saying, okay, look, I want what you're talking about. That moment can happen here and happen now. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I was sitting at my desk in my room, 1980 Mount Tabor Church Road, easily South Carolina, and I wrote this. Today, before a church congregation at Blue Ridge View Baptist Church, I made the decision to dedicate my life to the ministry of Jesus Christ. I made the decision to remain pure, stay devoted, and help spread the truth of the Lord Jesus. I made the decision to stay pure, to not partake in any action or thought unholy to the Lord. I choose to abstain from drugs, alcohol, or any sexual immorality. I will guard my eyes, my heart, my ears, and watch my feet, hands, and words. I have chosen to remain pure and in constant prayer for my wife, even though I may not have met her. I will remain dedicated to the Lord through the search for her and be patient till I find her. I will love her and I will love others and honor them like Christ loves me, no matter what. I made the decision to stay devoted to the Lord. I have made a promise and commitment to the Lord. I will have full and solid faith in His plan, even through the hardest of times. I will stay in constant prayer and I will constantly seek Him. I will stay strong in the Lord's promises and read my Bible daily. I will praise and worship Him with my mouth, my mind, my actions. And if I fall astray, I pray that the Lord convict my heart. I made the decision to spread the Lord's ministry. I accept that I am His, and He will use me for His purpose. I will go out of my way to show and spread the love and the word of the Word of God, and it will admit my shortcomings. I will seek Him and grow spiritually. I will devote and manage my time, my future, my relationships, my family, my money to Him. I will not argue or run. Psalms 139, I will hold close, and I pray that the Lord will use me in amazing ways. I don't just read that to read my story. The Lord wants to write a story within you of freedom and of revival. The Lord wants to make you, make us, He wants to make us ministers of this new covenant through the Spirit of God inside of us, that no matter our doubt or our confusion or our worries or anxieties, that we can look back and say, Lord, I know, I know June or July 7th, 2019 at Lake Point Church. I know, I know that was the moment I said, Jesus, you are what I'm longing for. You are what I'm searching for. And my life and my heart is yours. If you're in this room right now and you have surrendered your life to Christ and you're walking and, and you're like me in that you know, I, haven't, I haven't lived up to all of that in that passage, but that is what I want to. I, I have a heart. I want to be that. I want to be faithful. I want to be pure. I want to be devoted. I want to be faithful to the Lord ultimately. But maybe you're like me and you're saying, Jonah, I've blown it. I've blown it. I've experienced the Lord maybe, or maybe I haven't, but wherever I'm at, I want it now. What Paul says, he says this. <laughs> Let's read it again. For the Lord is the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We experience revival when we know that our sin will not have the last word. Heavy hearts, your sin, my sin, will not have the last word. It won't. We have a God 
who paid for our sin on the cross. And on the cross, he fulfilled the law. He did what we couldn't do. But he died as if he was a wretch and a curse. But on the cross, he took one of his last breaths and he said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. And in that moment, all of the wrath of God was placed onto Jesus. Jesus took all of that sin, all of that mistakes, all of that folly. And Jesus gives us that freedom through the Spirit of God that the moment where we surrender and say, no longer is my identity or my validation going to be other people or me, but it's going to be you. In that moment, we, we receive his Spirit. And, and to go on to the very end of the passage, it says this. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Heavy hearts. We experience revival when we realize that we have Jesus' Spirit that is making us new day by day by day. Like a flower that is maybe wiltering away. That the Spirit of God is like the water that, that helps revitalize us. No matter the harshness of the sun or the life that we live in. That God's Word is like the water that revives us. And renews us and brings us back to life. We experience revival when we realize that nothing is wasted. Guys, th let that excite you. All of the mistakes that we have made in our life that the devil brings back up again and again and again and again, saying you are not worthy of God's love. You are not worthy of his spirit. You are not worthy to be, be, be a minister or whatever it is. In those moments, in those moments, our validation is not even what we have done. But the Lord doesn't waste anything we've done. And what he does, he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he uses it for good. So that we can stand and sing these songs and say, Lord, where your spirit is, there is freedom. And we can reflect on the reckless love of God that he mortgaged heaven. He mortgaged everything for our hearts. That changes everything. We also experience revival when we realize that, that we are no longer slaves to our sin and our desires. But now we are a slave to the one who loved us unto death. Heavy heart. Rest easy. Rest easy in a joy and a passion that will not leave with external circumstances, even though at moments it may feel like it does. If you've surrendered your life to Christ, you are His. You are His. You are His beloved. He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you that goes so far beyond anything this world can offer. We have a God that is faithful. He doesn't give up on you. He doesn't give up on you like sometimes we give up on others. At the end of the day, what the enemy meant for evil through that man saying, enjoy it while it lasts and placing that seed of doubt in my mind, the Lord used for good. And he gave me a passion that remains to this day. And at times the enemy has done whatever he had to do to try to get it away. But the spirit of God is inside of me. And, and the Bible says that he cannot disown himself. He cannot disown himself. Revival is not a moment. Revival is Jesus. And what I want to do, I want to invite us into a moment right now where no matter where you've been, no matter where you are, that there's a revival that can happen within you that starts the moment where you say, Jesus, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. Maybe you're in this room right now and you're saying, Jonah, I relate. I relate to the passage where it talks about that there's a veil separating the people from Moses. And I feel like there's almost like this veil covering my joy and my passion and my, my excitement and my love for Christ. There's just something blocking it. If you have that veil, if you have that veil, right now I want to invite you into a moment and say, Lord, what is separating me from you? What is separating me from you? Ask yourself right now, say, Lord, 
Lord, what is separating me from you? Because, Lord, I know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want to feel that freedom. Maybe for you right now in this room. There's, there's somebody in this room right now that I know that that veil is a lack of surrender. That, they, that you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. But you have been chasing all the rabbit holes of this life, trying to find something that will fill you. But at the end of the day, you realize that it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. Maybe for the first time today, you realize that the veil separating you between you and the glory of the Lord and a, a spirit that will be with you and give you freedom and walk with you as you walk that freedom out. Maybe you realize for the first time that, that what's separating me is a relationship with Christ. I need a relationship with Christ. You can have that today. Maybe right now if you're a follower of Christ and you're in this room, you're saying, okay, there's a sin. There's a, there's a struggle in my life. There's something that I've been kind of putting up with, but it's been kind of an obnoxious roommate. And, you know, once I give it a little bit of space, it starts taking even more space. Maybe that's you. And you say, okay, look, I know I have this sin in my life, in my heart, this rebellion. And I know that the Lord has offered freedom, but I never accept it. And I, I struggle to accept it. And I choose all the other false freedoms of this life. In this moment today, you have an opportunity to say, Lord, I admit that this is separating me but do you. Lord, will your spirit free me today? As the band comes up and as, as, we, as we go into this moment, I want to set it up for you. If you right now, you're saying, Jonah, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want a relationship with Jesus. I know that nothing else would satisfy, and I'm done. I'm done fighting. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for you. I want to invite you into a moment where you can have that surrender. There's some options that you have in this moment. You, 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 you pray with me, of course. But also what I want to do, I want to open up the front here. Down south, we do this all the time. It's called come to the altar. There's nothing special about this front. We set it up and tear it down every Sunday. But what, what, what this invitation is going to be is that you have an opportunity to get out of the comfort of your, of your seat and say, okay, Lord, in this moment, I'm going to be real and honest with you. And Lord, I want you to change me from the inside out. You have a moment to have that right now. As we sing this song and as we go into a time of reflecting on the truth that, Lord, you bring the revival. You bring the revival. It's not external circumstances, but it's you. You have an option to come up here to front. You also have an option to do whatever you have to do in your seat. If you have to talk with the Lord and, and get some things straight and say, Lord, I'm yours and I'm always going to be yours. I'm sorry about the things that have caused a, a hindrance between me and you, but I want to be revitalized. I want to have a rejuvenation. I want to have a passion that maybe I once had before. There's an option there as well. We also have a next step table in the very back. And the Tanners are going to be there. Jim Tanner is one of my good friends. But he will be able to talk and pray with you. If there's something that the Holy Spirit is bringing up right now, of, of something that needs to be dealt with or walked through, then we will have people in the back to be able to pray with you and walk you through that. But what I want to do, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And I, I end every message with the students the way that I want to end with this. I always tell the students, you are so, 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 so loved. Every single one of you, you are loved more than you can ever, 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 ever comprehend. The 17-year-old on the floor saying, Jesus, take my life. He was just as loved as he was when I was born out of my mom's womb. And I am just as loved now as I was then. And no difference of you as well. Lord loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for you. 
but we have to accept him. And right now he wants to do something within our hearts. So I want to invite you into that moment. And I want to pray for you as we seek the Lord, saying, Lord, show us the ways. Show us what revival looks like inside of my heart, my, my life. I want to pray for you as we go into this moment. Lord God, thank you so much for the opportunity to go to your word and to look at it and say, Lord, who are you and who are we? Jesus, I thank you for those moments. Those moments where we cry to you and we have questions and confusions and worries and concerns. Because in those moments, Lord, we are just like pottery in the hands of the potter. And you are able to mold us more into your image and more into who you want us to be. So Jesus, in this moment, as we have time to reflect on who you are and allow you to do what you want to do in the, within us, Lord, may we be honest and humble before you. May we lay down our, our, down our pride. May we not be like the Israelites. May we not be like those that know that, Jesus, you died for us, but then we just say no. Lord, may we experience freedom today and a freedom that will go and a revival that will go with us into our homes, into our marriages, into our workplaces, into every single aspect and crevice of our life. Jesus, shine a light on us as we reflect on you. We need you, Jesus. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen.